Hello, hello, and welcome to Tabletop Game Gal. I am that gal, Elizabeth. Joining me today is my fiance, Chad. We're going to talk about couples games. And the game we're going to be reviewing is And Then We Held Hands. Dot, dot, dot. So, Chad, what do you think about And Then We Held Hands? It's one of our favorite games to play together as a, a couple. Um, I learned about it from uh, Rada Runs Through It. And I initially told you about it. And we... Went to a board gaming cafe when we were on our first anniversary trip to Santa Fe. The board gaming cafe was in Albuquerque. We had about an hour and a half to kill before the airport. And you looked at me and said, I do not want to do another museum. I do not want to hike anymore. I want to go to the airport and I want to sit around. And so I thought, there's got to be something else to do. And I looked up board game cafes and I found a little board game cafe in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we went. And it was a great way to kill. I think it was three hours. Yeah, it was a really cool shop. The way they had the games organized, like I've never seen any other shop the way do it the way they did. Um, and the staff were really friendly. But we found, and then we held hands there, and I had never seen it before. And I knew it from Rado, and I was like, oh, we should totally play this. Well, and you and I had talked about it quite a few times prior to that. And it was something that we were both expressly interested in playing. And I found it because I asked the clerk if they had it. Um, but we spent a few minutes reading the rules. It was a really simple game to pick up. Yeah, it's really, you barely need the rules. And it, it's, it's a really intriguing game because you're not talking during the game. I mean, you can talk, but you're not supposed to talk about the game itself. So for those of you who don't know, on this game, you each have a hand of cards laid out in front of you. This is a co-op. You have a board that you're tracking with an outer circle, a middle circle, an inner circle, and then your final destination of your relationship. To get into the final destination, you have to be perfectly balanced, but I'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. So you go through the first round of circles. You come up with conflicts, whether that is happiness, sadness, anger, or joy. I think, is joy the other one? Happiness, sadness, anger. It's another happy thing. Do you want to look that up since you got uh, your phone out? Yeah, I was. Um, so we'll get that fourth one. Chad's looking that up now. And you then have to land on that color. Then you get to flip the next card. Then you get to flip the next card, etc. Once you clear out the first deck, you get to move on to the second deck, which also is the inner circle. Or the middle circle. Then you get to move on to the last deck, which is the inner circle. Chad and I got really good at this game. The first time we played, we lost in the third round, which is, I think, pretty good. The second time we played, oh, it's it's happy, sad, calm, angry. So I was just missing calm. The second time we played, we got to the inner circle. And the inner circle is where it's hardest because to enter the very middle your emotions have to be balanced so you can't be too sad or too happy you can't have extreme emotions on either side you have to be balanced 
Now you've got your hand in front of you. I believe it's eight cards, but I might be a little bit off. And your partner has their hand in front of them. You can only play on one side of your card. So your card will have two sides and they might be different colors, like a blue and a green or red and a blue or whatever the case may be. And you play that card. You can play as many as you need to to get to where you need to. If you end your turn balanced emotions, you get to draw back up. So you play off your hand or you play off your partner's hand. This is where not talking comes in handy, dash makes it harder. This is what I really love about the game. The game is all about not only anticipating your own needs, but anticipating your partner's needs. And I really like that because you just really get to look at both of what you need and what the other person needs. And then you also have to think about how their brain works. Like, okay, I know that I would do this, this, and this, but is this, this, and this what Chad would do? And sometimes you have a strategy in your head and you think, okay, I'm planning on using this next turn. And then your partner steps in and with their strategy takes one of the cards that you're planning on using. And then you have to totally readjust and think about, okay, now where am I going to get the cards that I need to be able to balance and refill my hand. And then your partner also needs to refill their hand. And then the more cards you use, that gets shuffled back in. So we basically mastered this game maybe our fourth time playing. So we decided to add in the conflict. And we, I don't think we've ever won since. <laughs> Probably not. The conflict adds a whole new level. So some of your cards will have gray sides. And that means you both have to land on the color on the mat before. At the same time. Well, before you can move on. So you both yes. have to be on that color. Yes. So. And with the conflict, we normally are able to get to the middle circle, but then it just, we either run out of cards or we just can never meet in that center section together at the same time being balanced. But this is probably one of my favorite things about this game because this game wouldn't make sense to put an expansion with. This game is not going to be one that you can really add something to. So why I love it is that you can keep playing it and it does get harder. It adds the variance. It really does. One thing I've learned about this game is that it is not one you can just give to another couple. Um, give it to your friends, lend it to whoever. I once gave it to really good friends of ours who are in a relationship and they did not do very well and they ended up getting in a full-on argument in front of us and we were just like, guys, calm down, it's just a game. So they're probably going to listen to this and they're probably going to call me out on that, but that's okay. It is a really fun game though. I uh, always, when we first got it, I would always say that I think it should be in marriage counseling because you do need to anticipate your partner's needs. Just like in life. Really know, just like in life. And you really do have to know your partner. Um, One of the other things that we really love about the game is just the art style. It's really pretty. Oh, it's, it's, it's like a storybook it's art. It's so beautiful. Um, it's like a depressing storybook, yeah, like Coraline. It's kind of reminiscent of like Dixit style art. Just very kind of abstract and storybook. But also really like just beautiful each of the cards has like she said two colors on either side and the art is kind of reminiscent 
of that color. For example, there's there's one with a, a teddy bear holding like a box of chocolates and this long and like a blue background and the colors are blue and green um, that are able to be played. And then the, the board is really simple. It's it's just it kind of looks like reminds me of a Go board if you if you're familiar with Go with the little clear red and blue discs um, and you're just circling this this pie chart type thing. The only thing I don't like about this game is both sides of the board are playable and one of them is just like prettier than the other side. It has no real rhyme or reason to be it there. It adds symbols. It may have to do with one of the variants. Um, but it, uh, Are there other variants? I, I thought there was only the conflict. I think there's just the conflict. But it, it adds little symbols with each I think it's color. just for style. And I wish they had just kept it one board or the other. Um, because that was confusing when I first opened it and was trying to learn the conflict section. Oh, the, uh, the symbols are actually f- for... Um, it's an accessible game. So they made the symbols for colorblind people um, to be able to match the symbols with what mood or, or emotion it's, it's trying to portray that way. Yeah, because they are on the cards also. So that would make sense. I do still wish they had only done it with simple sideboard instead of having the board on either side. I don't know why. I just don't like that. So overall, on a scale of would own this to would not own this, since that is our scale I work on here at Tabletop Game Gal, how do you feel about this game? Uh, I would definitely own it. I mean, we we bought it like as soon as we found a copy to be able to put on our shelves. You bought it for me for my birthday. I did. I love this game. 100% I would own this game. I would encourage other people to own this game. It is a very fast game. It is a small box game. And if you are a friend of the blog, you know I love small box games. This is a great one. I would really, like I said, encourage everyone to play it at the very least. Um, yeah, I'm put it on your shelf. It's beautiful. It's got hands on the cover making birds. It's just a really dope-ass game. Definitely one of the best two-player games we've we've ever seen. Yeah, specifically designed for two players, this is probably my favorite. So, excluding and then we held hands, what are some of your favorite specifically designed for two-player games? I like Raptor and uh, The Queen's Gambit. And Jaipur. Uh, the Queen's Gambit is specifically designed for two players? It is specifically designed for two players. It can go up to four, but it gets weird with four because you're having to communicate your strategy with your partner. And Honestly, guys, I feel like he's cheating. I feel like that wasn't my question. But... No, I'm just kidding. I got you the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> you did get me the Queen's Gambit. It was one of my girl games, and you surprised me with it for our anniversary. It was one of your what? Grail games? Grail games? Grail, like Holy Grail. Oh, I thought you said girl games, and then I thought you said grill games. Y'all weird, son. No, a lot of people have like a the, their Holy Grail of games that they really want to acquire. Oh, I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you do. I it's don't. Just... Awkward. <laughs> 
Well, so Queen's Gambit. I have not played the Queen's Gambit, so I can't speak to that. But I have played Raptor, and I do really enjoy Raptor. I think it's hard to find a lot of games geared specifically towards two players that are also good and not weighted. Like Raptor, I think, is too weighted. So is Queen's Gambit. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's very heavily weighted towards, towards the Imperials, the, the Empire, Darth Vader, all them. It's weighted towards the bad guys? Yep. Bum, bum. I can't do it or else I'll have to pay something. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know what I was getting at. Yeah, I've, I've played the game maybe eight times now, and most of those have been on the Rebel side just trying to win once with the Rebels, and it's just, it hasn't happened. And I think that Raptor is really weighted towards the scientists. I think it's really hard for the Raptors to win, which is really sad because it's just a mama trying to save her babies. That being said, I do really enjoy playing as the Raptor more than I enjoy playing with the scientist. I think the Raptor has way more fun cards. Because you get to disappear and then jump out and like, ah, and then eat a scientist. Yeah, I would do my Raptor noise if it wasn't insanely loud but if you're ever in dallas and we ever meet you can ask me to do my raptor noise and i will because i do a perfect raptor impression arms and everything arms and everything but i think if i was to play queen's gambit with you i don't think i would want to play as the rebels well i mean i enjoy playing as the rebels i'm still gonna i am going to try and win as the rebels some point. At some point in time, you might potentially win as the rebels. It's just hard because Anakin, like Anakin's run on the star base, is just so hard to get through. Doesn't Anakin say "Give it up"? No? I don't think that's Star Wars. Yeah. Oh no, give it up. Uh, he doesn't say he has the higher ground. Oh, that's that's Obi Wan in Episode Three. But talking to Anakin. Talking to Anakin, yes. Star Wars knowledge. No, Queen's Gambit follows the final battle of Episode One. Where you've got the Naboo people with the the Gungans uh, fighting against the droids. And then the palace guards and Queen Amidala trying to go up and take over the, the Trade Federation. I'll tell you guys what. Chad and I will play this game. And the next time he's on this podcast, we will do a Star Wars... Or maybe not the next time, but a time he's on this podcast, we will do a Star Wars episode. And have it devoted to Star Wars games. And I will play... Queen's Gambit with him, which I bought him and have never played, and we have had it for almost two years, two now. and a half years, over yeah, two years, two half, sir. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It was our first anniversary. Our first anniversary and your birthday present. Um, we can play the uh, the spinning Death Star game that has really bad techno Star Destroyer music. <laughs> yep, we can, which you guys don't know about because this is a podcast on couples games, but I will post a video of it on Instagram and attach it in the show notes. Which is sounds really professional, but I don't know how to do that, so you'll do that. <laughs> and we can finally play the uh, the two-player Star Wars card game with Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. Yeah, so I was at Barnes & Noble's one day, and I bought... Or not Barnes & Noble's, Half Price Books, and I bought a two-player Star Wars game for like $10. Super excited. Brought it home to Chad. was like, here you go. We opened it, realized it didn't have any rules. And it's not on BGG anywhere. We can't find it anywhere. So then we were back at that same Barnes & Noble. So this was, what, a year and a half ago, two years yeah. ago? It was right after we moved into the house, so two years ago. And I was in Barnes & Noble maybe a week ago, so mid-September. 
and we saw it and I was like oh look there's rules in this one so we bought it took out the rules and returned it because we're bad people but now we know that now we can now play we it. have the rules now we, we can, can play it we can play it and if you ended up with that copy of that game without rules then send me a message and I will get you the rules we'll send you a photocopy we'll we'll share the rules but I'm also excited about that game because it's got really nice pewter miniatures of Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. So to get back onto two-player games, since we've kind of digressed for the last few minutes, I don't always make it Monday nights to play with the group. And I work retail, so I don't work a traditional 9-to-5 Monday through Friday job. So a lot of times when people are playing games, I am at work. Or I'm at work. Or sometimes I'm at work. And I'm a manager at where I work, so I have to be there a lot, and I have a lot of responsibilities, so it's always my main focus. So two-player games are something that I love and that are important to me, because for you and I, not only is it like kind of how we grew as a couple, but like it continues to be something that we can connect on. So like if we're upset with each other, if we're arguing, if we're flirting if we're it just brings us together it just brings us closer no matter what our mood is it brings us closer and we know we can always like just sit down and play a game together and the reason i specifically like two-player games is that they're designed for just two people versus a lot of times when you have other games that you play down to two people I don't think they're as strong. They just don't work as well. You lose an aspect of yeah. the game that's just like, you can't really quantify, but it's it's missing. Well, and then it makes it weird. Like, I don't like to play Five Tribes with multiple people now. I only like to play it as a two-player. I think it's because I have played it so heavily as a two-player, so my brain has a hard time changing to accommodate for four people. Like, oh, I have to think of what X, Y, and Z are going to be doing this is the part I want versus, okay, if he makes this move, I can immediately make this move. And that makes it a lot harder. So that's why I like games. It is a different style of thinking. Specifically designed for two players. And that happens with a lot of games, like not just Five Tribes. Yeah, of course. Five Tribes is just a good example. Yes. What I think is really interesting right now is the big push or transition, I guess, into multiplayer games releasing two-player variants like oh yeah bonanza and bonanza, bonanza duel. duel which oops sorry about that guys i've been playing with a pocket knife and i just dropped it um like bonanza duel which is the two-player variant of bonanza codenames duet codenames duet um, seven wonders duel seven wonders duel which settlers of Catan, you kicked my ass at duel <laughs> That's not what it's called. Seven Settlers of Catan. Two-player yeah, something. Yeah, it's called something. <laughs> but there's been a lot being released lately, and I don't enjoy them. <laughs> no, they're, they're not very good. <laughs> I like a lot of them. I really like the original games. Like, I love Bonanza. I enjoy Seven Wonders. And a lot of people really love some of the, like, Seven Wonders Duel has gotten a lot of praise from the community. It's just not our style. And Codenames Duet has gotten a lot of praise from the community, but it's just not our style. We haven't played Codenames Duet because I don't particularly like Codenames. I love party games, but Codenames is, for me, mediocre at best. Yeah, you you prefer ones with a lot more player interaction. Yeah. 
Well, I like crosstalk a lot, and that is the same style. Well, I th- yeah, that, that's true. I, I just, don't know why crosstalk's better, but for me, crosstalk's better as well. We keep going on these tangents, and these are not <laughs> what the podcast is about today. It's about two-player games and gaming as a couple. So, <laughs> so back to what I was saying, which was these major games that release the two-player version. I know Seven Wonders Duel is everybody's favorite game right now, which is super not sure what year is it. <laughs> it was popular <laughs> it was like popular a year and a half like... ago. I just find it too easy. Maybe I'm just really smart and you're just really dumb. You, you kicked my ass at that game like not even close. You beat me in the second age. and Yeah. It, it just wasn't even close. A game that I really love that you really don't is tied to time. You are also very good at that game. Which is a card drafting game. The problem with that is that everybody I would play it with now has learned I'm really good at it. So they they screw me and end up winning by one or two points. But neither of us score very high because they've screwed me over the whole time. Yep. Yep. Um, Jaipur is another good game. I had mentioned it earlier. It's it's one of our favorites to play. Um, And it's another small box game. So you can kind of stick it in the backpack and just take it when you go. Where are we going? So what's great about Jaipur is that it's fun. And like Chad just said, it's a small box game. So when we went to Germany and Ireland last summer, we actually went to Northern Ireland. But when we went to Northern Ireland and Germany last summer, Chad had packed. And then we held hands. And Jaipur, that was it. There may have been one more, but I don't think it ever hit the table. I don't think it hit the table either. For us to play in the airport and... Whenever we had downtime, which we really didn't, excluding the airport. Yeah, but the the airport, we had a big layover in Boston. And just waiting, pulled that out and sat at a little tiny table. and. Yeah, because we had like a nine and a half hour layover in Boston. So we went and explored Boston and then got back there with two hours to spare so that we could check our bags and get yep. through everything. Because you're going international. Which took like... 10 minutes maybe we thought it was going to take a lot longer traveling international so we sat down and you pulled out the games and i said what you brought games and you said yeah i did and so um jaipur is a kind of a hand management trick taking game um with camels and the camels for those of you who didn't understand I thought he said candles, and I was like, what candles are in this game? No, camels. Um, and it's just, it's a quick game. It plays in like 15 minutes a round, and you're supposed to play three rounds, best of three or whatnot, but you can take it out. It's got an awesome insert, one of the best inserts we've seen. Um, yeah, that game was beautifully organized. And it's a small box game. <laughs> and I just can't stress enough that I like games that are small box games. If your game only takes up a little bit of the insert of the box, I get so annoyed. There's like, just so much extra space. Yeah, like Bonanza is such that needs to be in a box a quarter the size. But we highly recommend Jaipur uh, for a two player game. One of the one of the better ones mm-hmm. that we've played. Mm-hmm. The last one I really love, and this will probably be the last one we talk about because we're getting close to thirty minutes. Is do you know what it is? 
I have no idea. Fjords! 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 So, we watched Rado's video yep. on... His favorite two-player games. His favorite two-player games. And some of them we were like, nah, son. And some of them we were like, hmm. Maybe and we'll check that out. Fjords was one that I, for some reason, fell in love with the idea of. So, I said, does anybody own Fjords? And everyone was like, nope. <laughs> Apparently, it had been out of print for a very long time. <laughs> a very long time. <laughs> So then Chad was like, I wish you were at BGGCon. They have Fjords. And I was like, we'll play it. And he's like, no, I want to play it with you. So we did a BGG geek trade thing. A math trade. A math trade. And the guy didn't want to give up Fjords for anything less than like a $300 game. It was ridiculous. And so we just dropped it. And I just checked out BGG a lot. I ended up finding a couple who had two copies. Because he thought his wife would enjoy Mega Fjords and she didn't. So they were selling their second copy for like $40. Yeah, something like so that. So I was like, sweet. Yeah, we jumped on that Took deal a risk. real quick. We didn't know if we were going to like it. All we knew was that we liked tile laying games. Yep, that's one of Elizabeth's favorite games. Favorite styles, styles of, game. of games, yeah. And so we took a risk, uh, figuring we could sell it or trade it if we didn't like it. And I bought it. And then we played it maybe the night after we got it, and it was it we loved fantastic. It. It's, it's a tile land game. game like Carcassonne. Mm-hmm, which is one of my favorite games. Um, where you're trying to match up the edges of your tile to the other edges of the tiles that are existing, and you're building a fjord. <laughs> yeah, so it's a two-part game. The first part is laying down your tiles, and the second part is claiming those tiles. And like an area control style mm -hmm. game. And so the first part you're kind of setting up for that second part by placing houses out that you can expand your control from in the second half. Yeah. And it's, it's another quick one just like Drive Forward plays in maybe 10 minutes around. And Elizabeth has beaten me almost every game we've played. Yeah, it's definitely a game that takes less than 30 minutes. Um, a lot of times we'll just toss it in our game bag because by the time we get to an event a lot of people have already started because chad normally waits for me to get off work to go and so we'll pull it out we'll play a quick 30 minute game and by the time we finish other people are done with their games and we can kind of start a bigger more intense game so it's a great little one to just have in your bag for when you and your partner need to start a game and kill time before other people are done playing Thank you for listening to episode one, and thank you for being my guest on episode one, Chad. Oh, it was, a, it was a blast. I know this was kind of a weird way to do it. We started recording it to get it out on Wednesday, since that's the days I want to get them out, and our power went out, and we thought we lost everything. It, yeah, we, it was a very sad night. And then <laughs> we haven't actually been around each other for the last couple days, so we kind of had to pick back up. So thank you for your patience and for living with me and being able to just... Pop on whenever. <laughs> so, our weekly Meeple question. Do you have any suggestions? I have an idea if you don't. Um, what two-player games would y'all recommend? Um, let us know. So, Meeple question of the week. What two-player games will you recommend? Tweet me at Tabletop Game Gal. Let me know what you suggest. The other important thing that I want to note is that this podcast will start dropping 
every other week on Wednesday. If I'm going to be delayed by a few days or I'm going to miss a week for whatever reason, I will let you know via the blog. I have started looking into getting a domain instead of using WordPress, but that is a little while out and I want to see how this does first. So if it's going to be delayed, I'll pop on. I'll do a five-minute episode about, hey, we're going to be delayed, but go ahead and tweet me the answer to this question or whatever. And until then, I will also be updating the blog between episodes or attempting to. This is going to be my primary way of doing it since I've decided to do these every other week. I don't think I'll write a blog on the in-betweens, but I might just kind of update it a little. But this will be the main one. So we will be back, not this upcoming Wednesday, but the following. And then every other Wednesday after that. Thank you guys for joining me today. And thank you, Chad, for being my guest on today's episode. Thank you, So Logical, for the music, even though you told me multiple times not to thank you on the podcast. And thank you, everybody. For listening. For listening. Again. You're the best. As always, you can rate and review us on iTunes if you enjoyed the show. If you didn't enjoy the show, then you just go on with your day and don't worry about the rating and reviewing process. Have a great night, y'all.